Welcome to Grass Talk Radio. This show is for people who play bluegrass music and anybody who might want to. Howdy, howdy, folks, and welcome to Grass Talk Radio. Uh, For those of you who have been following the show, you know, as each episode comes out, you may have noticed that I haven't had one out in, oh, I think three weeks or thereabouts. And, um... I just got really, really busy and sidetracked with with a bunch of other things that, I hate to say it, they were actually more important than putting this podcast out. So that's just the way life is sometimes. School restarted. Jackson is back at school. We are, of course, going back and forth from Americas to Columbus. Uh, not as much as I was when I was doing it every day, but now it is a kind of a every couple of days thing but it's still uh, caused an interruption in my you know the amount of free time that I have to just sit around and think about bluegrass and all that sort of stuff so I hope that you uh, um, understand that Uh, I happily did not receive a single email since the last episode (laughs) saying are you okay? Uh, what's the matter? You know, why haven't you put out an episode? Um, nobody did that, thank, thankfully. Because, you know, I know that a lot of the listeners to Grass Talk Radio may have just discovered it, you know, maybe just a couple of months ago or today or whatever. And there's plenty there to listen to. In fact, I even thought, uh, uh, somebody asked me the other day, <clears throat> we were talking about, I forget exactly what aspect of bluegrass we were talking about at a jam session. And uh, I said, well, look, I did I did this podcast and this one and then this one. You, you should go listen to those because, you know, I'm giving you a very short answer here. But go listen to that one and listen to that one. And I forget which ones they were and what the topic even was. But And I thought, you know what? I don't like to repeat myself too much, despite the fact that I do repeat myself all the time. You know, if you took lessons, your teacher's going to say those same things over and over and over. And so your father, you know, when you're a kid growing up, he's going to keep saying those things over and over. Your mother will do that. Your teachers do that because, you know, the important ideas if you're not picking up on them, deserve to be repeated. And so I was, you know, I was feeling a little bit guilty about not doing the podcast over the last couple of weeks. And uh, I thought, well, there's plenty there to go back and revisit. And so I was, you know, considering the idea of doing like Grass Talk Radio Rewind, where I just do a little short intro and say, you know, I've been thinking about the topic of whatever whatever and you know i went back and re-listened to episode 52 or something and i think you might want to consider going back and listening to it again too and and actually i have uh, listened to a couple of them while i was driving mosquitoes bite me on the hand uh, just just a little um technical note if you hear a a lot of racket and it's not the super high quality that you come to expect it's because i'm sitting in the barn right out here at the edge of the barn i'm actually sitting 
where the stage would be back when I used to have my festival here and uh, looking up at the the uh, mounted sailfish on the backdrop and I should take a picture of this my sort of country boy bluegrass festival stage setup sometime I, I think you can see it I did a, a video one time about um, plugging I, I don't remember what it was. One of my banjo things. I think it was my how to, you know play banjo by ear, and I made a little video, and I was sitting right right where I am right now. So that's where I am, and it's uh, it's about 9:30 at night. Uh, the weather kind of took a turn uh, for the better. It's been raining and raining and raining. We had a week of haymaking weather, so. My neighbor over here next door, uh, you may recall that about this time last year, I was complaining that my hands were so sore from toting hay bales by the strings that I, I couldn't hardly play the bass. Well, we've just gone through that again. But that was not this past week, but the week before. And then this week, it's been nothing but rain, just rain, 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 rain which has one positive side to it aside from the well the negative is the just the more mosquitoes than i've ever seen here it's just rained so much all summer and we don't usually hardly ever have any mosquitoes around here we've got gnats you know <laughs> but they don't bite <coughs> anyway just mosquitoes and they're just annoying. I actually have a bug zapper going over here, um, which you may hear zap once in a while. I hope it zaps a lot. Uh, but if you hear weird zaps and crazy crackling and popping sounds, that is the uh, bug zapper at work. But the positive side of all this rain is I'm sure you may recall, well, you probably don't remember, but I do, back in March of this year, I created, created a little mushroom farm experimental plot, you might say, where I inoculated um, a bunch of logs with mushroom spawned um, plugs, dowels, and uh, just been tending them and looking at them and worrying over them and watering them and trying to <laughs> encourage the mycelial growth within the log and all this stuff. Well, it, I'm just so happy. This is this is probably like the feeling a pregnant woman has the the day they hand her the baby for the first time. The mushrooms have sprouted from the logs. From one log. Let's put it that way. One log sprouted two shiitake mushrooms and they when i when i saw them i almost couldn't believe my eyes little tiny mushrooms coming out from the log primordial primordia they call them and uh, again forgive me for any no, uh, noise and weird extraneous sounds i'm actually just holding the recorder that was sent to me by a listener i'm just holding it in my left hand and uh uh, I didn't even set up a proper mic and the mixer or any of that stuff today. 
and it's nighttime and the crickets are going. But anyway, the, the mushrooms, if you want to see them, I created a, I got so sick of Facebook and so sick of Twitter. Not that I ever really got into that very much at all. Basically on Facebook and Twitter, I would just post, hey, I put up a new podcast, you know, and put the, put the show graphic and a link and, and then I just bail. Anybody who, who, you know, is friends or follower of me on Facebook and Twitter, you know that I don't hang around there very much. Uh, so, but I wanted to post these mushroom pictures. So back, I don't know, may, maybe in May or so, I took a couple of pictures of the mushroom setup, and I posted them on, I just created a whole new account just to get rid of the noise and the clutter, you know, where I, I don't know, 500 friends or something on Facebook. I just, I don't want to see all that. And some of those people actually are my friends, but the majority of them, I don't, I don't know who some of these people are. So I went over to Gab. I'd heard of Gab. So I went to Gab and the day I was going to make an account, I think they got shut down or something, something happened. And I was like, oh man. But anyway, they got back up and running, and so I made a little account over on Gab. And it's much quieter over there. I like it. I, I think I have four followers on my Gab account. So if you want to see some pictures of the mushrooms, that's about all I've posted there. <laughs> Just a couple of pictures of mushrooms in the gardening group. You can just, I don't know, whatever it is, hashtag gardening or something. I don't even really know how to work Gab, really. And frankly, I don't really even want to know. But I did want to post these pictures in case there was some other mycophile out there thinking about growing a mushroom, you know. They could uh, go there. And I'll tell you, I think it's, I think it is gab.com slash flippin' toads. F-L-I-P-P-I-N-T-O-A-D-S. Flippin' toads. That's my name. Flippin' toads. Because I love these slipping toads that are, they're all around here in the barn. I love these toads. And toads and mushrooms to me sort of go together. You know, my old man used to call them toadstools. Don't eat those toadstools, son. Anyway, the, uh, there are some pictures for the Mycocurious over there on my flipping toads account over on Gab. I don't think I'm ever going back to Facebook, folks. Or Twitter. I might as well just delete them. But, <clears throat> oh well, enough about all that. The mushrooms have sprouted and they went from little quarter inch little pegs, kind of like poking out of the ends of the logs, to uh, today they're about, they've they formed their stems and started coming vertical and the caps are widening and they're beautiful. The shiitake is a beautiful mushroom and fairly slow growing. Not like those things that pop up in your yard. You know, they take like 15 seconds to grow. These things will mature over, you know, maybe a week to 10 or 12 days. And I know this because I grew them 15 years ago. I grew some. Anyway, they're about, the caps are maybe silver dollar sized and about half an inch thick vertically. You know, the underside, the gills are just starting to form and it's just starting to open. And this just makes me so happy. 
because there's nothing else going on. Uh, you know, we got the Tuesday th picking at Pat's place, and that's been pretty good. Pretty good. Actually, this, I guess it was yesterday. Um, it, was, it was just wonderful. We just had a great time. Everybody, everybody really seemed like they were on their game. Uh, but some weeks, it's not that way. I think there's just so much weighing on people's minds. Anyway, and uh, the garden is a total wreck right now. The only thing left to bring in are the sweet potatoes. And I've just been waiting for dry weather, which maybe we'll have a couple of couple of days here of dry weather. For the first time in a week, I can, I'm sitting here, I can look up, there's the North Star and Ursa Minor and Draco and Ursa Major is just about set and the moon is coming up. We're just past full moon. <clears throat> just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful out here. Anyway, let's talk bluegrass. Today, I had a new mandolin student. I haven't had a student in, oh gosh, maybe three years. And uh, just got talking to this guy. And I said, look, just come over. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll help you out. You know, he's typical, um, typical of many of the students I've had over the years. This guy has, um, wait a minute, I'm just checking to make sure I'm actually rolling here. Let me turn this thing around. Yep. 13 minutes and 25 seconds in. Because <laughs> I have done this before and forgot to actually hit record. You know, I'm just sitting there talking for an hour. And then I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> anyway, so just talking to this guy. And I said, look, what, what you need is some direction. You know, you're, you're self-teaching, but you need some help. I think you need some help in figuring out how to teach yourself, you know how to self-direct because he like so many people and me back in 1975 and 78 and you know I was doing the same thing in that I was jumping around from thing to thing you know do this do that try this try that you want to do it all you know and I said just come over we'll do a lesson and if you want to continue we'll continue I think it would be good for you to do that because it gives you somebody you have to answer to, somebody you have to perform for. And if you can't figure out what you should be doing with your practice time, well, the teacher will. And I told him today as he was leaving, I said, he was saying, oh, that was, that was a really great lesson. I'm, you know, this is, this is good. I'm glad, you know, I feel like I have some direction now. I said, yeah, and you know, you could go to 50 different mandolin teachers or banjo teachers or guitar, bass, whatever. And each one of them would give you something different, something other than what I said. Here's what I think you should work on. And they would all be correct. Because what they do, what a teacher does in the lesson process is it, it causes you to focus on one thing. And... I preach this to all my students. I don't preach it at jam sessions, but I preach it in private at lessons. Get good at something. 
If it's one tune or one scale, get really, really good at it. Because in getting really good at that one thing, you're getting good at the 10,000 other things that you have not yet even tried. Because you're learning technique and you're learning timing and you're learning tone. So dial in on one thing. So we started, I'll just kind of describe the lesson. And, and he has been, his, his issue, he thinks, is timing. And I agree with that. Timing, because all of his thinking about where do I put my finger, which string, you know, is distracting him from, you know, the pulse of the music. It's just, you know, he's doing way too much thinking. So you got to you got to program the subconscious to handle the timing aspects. You know, the pick motion, the down up, down up, down up, down up, down up, down up. That needs to be on autopilot, you know, driven by some brain cells in your medulla oblongata. You know, you don't sit around thinking about your heartbeat. You know, this is what I'm talking about here. But to move your hands, you do think about moving your hands. You know, I'm going to write a letter to my Aunt Sally. And you pick up the pencil and you begin to form letters. So your, your conscious mind is controlling it. But if you handwrite enough or typewrite enough, actually you stop thinking about how to draw the letter or form the letter or how to tap a certain key. You begin to forget about all those things because through practice, you have trained your subconscious to do it. You know, think about typing. It, it, it's that way you, you in the beginning, you're, it's the hunt and peck. But as you get better at it through practice of going, you know, whatever those exercises were, A, D, F, D, A, D, F, D, that you did in typing class in high school, which I'm sure they don't do anymore because every five-year-old can already type, you know. They can't write anymore, but they can type. But that programs the subconscious to where you can close your eyes and type in your mind. You don't, you don't really have to think about where in the heck is J? Where is B? You know, those are the early stages. But in the later stages, when you get to where you can type 20, 30 words a minute, you don't have to think about where the letters are. You do sometimes have to slow down for the numbers and punctuation and special characters and things like that. But playing an instrument is exactly the same way. And the way you get there, this is what I was telling him, is pick one or two things and devote yourself to being really, really good at that thing, those things. A mosquito just bit me on the earlobe. <laughs> oh, man. I may have to make this short. The bug zapper isn't doing its job properly. Anyway, so he sat down. The first thing I pulled out was a page from a little booklet that comes with my complete mandolin learning system. I don't sell the book. It's just one of those add-on free giveaway things like buy it. And you also get the scale exercises in 12 keys. And it's great. I thought about, you know, maybe I should just 
put it out there. You know, let, let people try this thing out. It is a page. <clears throat> I'll describe the little booklet. It is begins in the, uh, the C major scale. You play the C major scale. That's exercise one. Then as quarter notes, exercise two is you play it up and down as eighth notes and so on. And then you do a two octave version. And then I do a kind of a perpetual motion version of that scale. Then you turn the page and it's C sharp. And it's not a direct trans uh, transposition because as you move up through each of the major scales to D and, you know, the, the note choices that you have available change. So a person could begin by learning the G page and then maybe work on the C page and the D page and the A page. And they would make a tremendous progress in their playing just by playing those scales. Like that, you know, that kid next door taking piano lessons and you're sitting on the porch and, you know, this is back in the day when people had their windows open and you hear that kid in their living room next door. You know, for hours and hours. And then, you know, two years later, you hear him playing Beethoven. And you're like, wow, that kid's getting pretty good. I'm hearing it. I'm hearing that exact same thing happen with Jackson. It's just amazing the progress that he is making. Because he's focusing on things and he's practicing. So anyway, let's go back to my, my number one student, my only student right now, live in-person student. So first thing I did, I pulled out the scale of, of the scales for the key of, for the major scale of G. I grabbed the metronome, turned the metronome on, and I said, play those quarter notes with downstrokes. It's eight notes, dum, 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 etc. Eight notes. I start about 60 beats a minute. Click, 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 click. That's a little faster than that, but <clears throat> just play the scale with the metronome. He starts, he gets out of time almost immediately because he hadn't figured out how to play those notes yet. I said, okay, stop the metronome. Fiddle around with it, read it, try it, get familiar with what it is you're trying to do. And when you're ready, we'll try it again with the metronome. So I'm switching hands. My left hand is getting tired of holding this thing. Brad, the human mic stand. So he gets, you know, comfortable with the scale. And I said, now remember this, this is true on mandolin. The first four notes of every major scale on the mandolin is exactly like the next four notes. Just, it'll start on a different string. That's all it is. So whatever pattern you play for the first four notes is the exact same fret pattern, fingering pattern, you will play for the second four notes. And to, I mean, you can do scales other ways, but that is pretty much always true on the mandolin until you get up on such high notes that you have to go up you know, but it's basically true. First four notes, second four notes, they're pretty much identical. So once he figured that out, he didn't have to think as much. Then he could actually listen to the darn metronome. So we click, click, 
click, and he starts. Clung, doom, doom. And I was saying, just do downstroke. I want you to play that scale until it feels like you're causing that metronome to click. And he, he did pretty good with that. So then we go to eighth notes. Same scale, but played in the form of eighth notes. So you're going twice as fast, and you're playing down and up. And uh, so at the exact same click speed, he now has to play twice as many notes. And he was having a little trouble. I said, well, it's not really any faster. Because if you think back to the, the quarter note downstroke, down, 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 down. I said, now watch your hand do that. In between each down, what is your pick doing? It's coming up. You're just not hitting the string. So in the eighth note version, you're hitting it both directions. Because you can't play two downstrokes in a row, well, on one string, and not make an up motion in between them. You can't go down, down, down forever, or your pick will be on the floor. <clears throat> so anyway, and then, you know, I could see light bulbs going off in his head. And then we talked about the swinging. I was using a mechanical, an old Wittner wooden metronome. And we talked about the swinging of a pendulum. It's just an upside-down pendulum. And how the pendulum never actually stops. You, and yet many players, <coughs> pardon me, him included, we're playing a note, stopping, playing a note, stopping, playing a note, stopping, instead of just swinging the pick. Just swing it like a pendulum. Da, 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 da. And at the ends of the motion of a pendulum, if you set up a pendulum, get you a rock and a string, or go down to the park and watch kids on the swings, the, the motion of the pendulum slows down as it reaches one end and then it turns around and comes back well the moment that you that it turns around is an infinitely small amount of time it's actually stopped for practically no time and that's the way your pick should move shouldn't be stopping you know i mean if if you got one note and then you got four bars of rest you know, in a classical piece or something, sure, you can stop. But basically, you want to get that pick swinging. Down, up, 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 down, and put those downs with that click, 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 click. So we drilled on this a while. And then, so his goal is to get really good at playing that up and down one octave G scale that is in that little exercise there. So... And then to progressively move faster in tempo. And I'll say this to any of you who don't know this. I'm sure you all know it. If you've read any of my books, you know this. As you progress upwards in speed in practicing that thing, that one thing, if you begin to make mistakes, slow down. Because you don't want to practice making mistakes. Because... You'll just get better and better at being bad, you know. You know, don't allow it. You know, a little error here and there, fine. But if you're consistently to the point where you can't play that thing in time and you're losing track of the metronome, slow it down, start over. 
give yourself lots and lots and lots of successful repetitions and then your subconscious will go oh that's what he's trying to do he's got this time reference which in this case is a clicking and at the jam session might be the bass player and the band and that time reference or this jam track or you're just sitting playing alone and you've got an artificial imaginary time beat going in your own mind whichever it is your subconscious just locks in on that but you have to train it to do it unless you know you're just born like super crazy gifted at listening and then aligning yourself anyway it just takes practice um, so anyway he's going to practice that scale until he can really burn it up and then I pulled out a, you know, the tab sheet music for uh, the tune Fork a Deer. And then I said, I want you to alternate between playing that scale and playing Fork a Deer. Just work on the A part. In fact, just work on the first half of the A part. And use the exact same techniques that you're using for the scale. Get the metronome on. Get it clicking. And just get on the string that you intend to start with and just start playing downstroke quarter notes with that click. And then start doing down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up on that one string until you're locked in time with that metronome. And then start the tune. And try to stay with it. So we'll see how this goes. I'll give you updates. Um, you know, a lot of of getting good at anything is limiting what it is you're working on. You know, it's hard to get good at a hundred things at once. Very, very difficult. You know, if you've ever started a new job and you had to learn like 49 things about the job, how to work the stupid cash register, where do they keep the, uh, the tag paper? <laughs> I had this part-time job at Tractor Supply. My God, I was just overwhelmed with all the junk I had to learn. You got to learn how to sign in. You got to learn how to do the time clock. You got to learn all the stupid rules and all this stuff and where they keep this and where's the key to that and and then how to log into the register and all this complicated stuff. And, and then some guy comes in and wants to buy a gun safe. And the thing weighs 200 pounds. So you got to get the forklift well, where do we keep the thing and how do you do it and how do you load it in their car? And then some guy wants to buy a trailer and you have to do the, the automotive tag for the trailer. Well, where is that paperwork kept and how do you fill it out and blah, 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 blah. It's like, boy, you got to go to college to work a tractor supply for minimum wage. <laughs> anyway, it's hard to learn all that stuff at once because the manager would come around and say, oh, all those wheelbarrows you put together, um, you need to print out tags, price tags for them and put them on there. And I go, yeah, well, I, I don't know how to do that. How, how do I do that? Well, she knew how to do it, but I didn't know how to do it. So I had to learn how to do that. You know, well, you get this and you do there and you on the computer and print these and blah, 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 blah. And it's too much, you know. It takes a while to become good at being a... a decent employee at tractor spot because you're trying to learn too many things at once 
Same is true for learning an instrument. Narrow your focus. Get good at something and get really good at it. Get as good as you can until you're just insanely bored with it. But what I was telling him was, most people, if they're going to play Fork of Deer, they're probably going to play it 100 beats a minute. That's four down, you know, it's down, up, down, up per click. So four notes per click at 100, 110, maybe 120, you get around some speed freaks, maybe 130. But if you can solidly play that tune at 100, that's 100 bass beats, 100 bass notes per minute. You're playing four notes on your mandolin or your banjo, same deal on a banjo when he's rolling, per click. So instead of 100 bass notes, you're playing 400 notes. That's a lot of notes, and they're coming by really quick. And then you look at that whole page full of notes, and you think, my, this is a big task. How am I ever going to play this thing at 100 beats a minute? Well, just working on that little simple two-measure scale exercise and working on it and working on it, working on it. If you can play that, oh, let's do it in the negative. If you can't play that scale, it's just eight notes up and down. If you can't play that scale at 100, four notes per click, what makes you think you could play this tune? It's, there's a lot more complexity here, you know? A lot more things you gotta do and think about, and, you know, fingerings and stuff. Get really good at the scale because as you're getting good at the scale, you're getting good at the tune even though you haven't even practiced it yet because your technique is improving and your timing is improving. And we didn't even get into like fingering accuracy, you know, the other tone, uh, dynamics, swing. We didn't get into any of that because I don't want him thinking about too much right now. And by the way, the guy already plays, he's been playing a couple of years and he plays, you know, pretty okay you know uh goes to jams takes breaks sings you know he's that classic intermediate student who wants to be better and he was smart enough to say well what he's been doing isn't getting him there how do i how do i get better and then we finished up the lesson by I pulled a couple of records out and I played him a little example of Bill Monroe off of a, a record that I have. I think it's called Bluegrass Time. And uh, picked a tune off of there. Um, I forget what it was. Might have been Lonesome Road Blues. I, I don't know. I don't remember the tune. Columbus Stockade, something. I said, now just listen to Bill. I mean, you want to play bluegrass mandolin, right? Yes. Well, this is the dude. Without him, there would not even be a thing called bluegrass mandolin. There wouldn't even be a thing called bluegrass. And we had that discussion. And then I said, and in my opinion, the 
best modern player in existence today of the bluegrass mandolin style is Ronnie McCurry. That's my opinion. There are tons of great mandolin players out there, but not all of them had Bill Monroe walk out on stage and take his hat off and put it on the kid's head. You know, the uh, coronation, you might say. Ronnie gets it because he grew up in it. He was around it. You know, Daddy Dell played with Bill and, you know, they understand bluegrass. So if you claim to want to play bluegrass, he's a wonderful example. So I played him a, a cut off of, uh, of Adele McCurry and the boys record. Um, that I, I talked about buying that record, went up to Athens, um, couple years two years ago or so to see him play and they had put out an lp i'm like yeah i don't want the cd give me the give me the record so played him a cut off that and i said just listen first just listen to that chop it was a much better recording in terms of quality uh, than the old bill monroe reissue from the 50s you know on deca or something where you could hardly even hear the bass on there but uh, <clears throat> I said, just listen to this. Listen to that chop. And then when he takes off on that break, just you hear that stream of down, up, 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 going. It's going. And if there are pauses in it, the hand actually isn't pausing. Because your quarter notes, you're still going to make a, you're going to whiff the strings on the way up. A quarter note. It's really an eighth note. It's the same thing. You're just not hitting the string for the second eighth note. Anyway, if you're not a mantle player, you may be bored to death by now, but my arm is getting tired of holding this thing. Oh, and I mentioned a couple of, uh, well, it's been a month ago now, that I had been a guest on another podcast called the Chatty Light Podcast, and I was sitting around thinking, well, I don't have to do a podcast this week because they're going to give me that one, and I'm going to put out the interview of me on Grass Talk Radio, and that, that'll save me some, you know, I don't have to do one this week. Well, they didn't, they didn't do it. And then the next week, it, they're not done editing. And the next week, they're not done editing. And then I've been told that uh, they're almost done editing it. So <laughs> after this one, with luck, maybe the next one will be what I uh, teased you about, that uh, the Bradley Laird interview on Chatty Light. So we'll see if that happens. My arm's getting tired of holding this. Uh, these dead gum mosquitoes. I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt because it's it's actually dropped down till it's been in the it's been hot, hot and humid for a whole week, and uh, just today it cleared off. Stars came out, and I'm sitting out here. It's about ten o'clock probably now. Don't have a clock handy. Um, the just past full moon, I think we're two days past full moon, is coming up. I can see the moon through the pecan trees. And the temperature is about 66. And it feels great. But the mosquitoes are biting me on the hand. So I'm going to close it out here. I don't know what music I'm going to put on here. Um, <laughs> I'll throw something on here at the end. And uh, y'all take care. And keep them cards and letters coming in folks and uh once again just for my wife uh don't forget if you 
need some instructional material in various bluegrass things. Bass, banjo, mandolin, guitar. Um, just hop over to bradleylaird.com. It's all there. And uh, don't forget, this is for Jackson, that uh, Christmas times are coming. And don't forget about that Christmas songs for a mandolin book. That's where he gets his little spending money. I can't believe that's been, I think, four years ago that he, he and I worked together and created that little book. So Christmas songs for mandolin, all you mandolin players, you can't play Salt Creek for Granny around the old Christmas tree. You got to play those, you know, those Christmas songs. So I'll put a link in the show notes to Christmas songs for mandolin. <clears throat> and also, I want to thank um, not only the visitors to BradleyLaird.com. <clears throat> I'm starting to get hoarse out here. I need to give me a glass of water or something. Um, not only the visitors to BradleyLaird.com, but also you hardcore supporters over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Bradley Laird. I love you people. Thank you so much. And just for what you do. Thank you much. And of course you can always send me emails. If you have a question or concern or anything at all, just, uh, you'll find the email. It's all over the place on the website. So you'll find it. Okay. Y'all take care. Enjoy the beginning of fall. And uh, talk to you in the next episode. And now, how do I stop this damn thing? Gotta find a freaking light. <laughs> <laughs>